0: Yes. Welcome back to the Call to Adventure podcast with Ant and Luke. We're back in Pixel Buff Studio with the man, Andrew Vevage. The man, <laughs> that's me. Yeah, who uh, day <laughs> <laughs> Content wizard from afar. That's what I sort of see in you. But I know there was like a, a story previous to that. Can we just hear the short version, and then we can sort of go into the the bigger version? Yeah, sure. So I moved
1: to Melbourne earlier this year, about February. And originally I moved here to work a contract at an IT, well, a big four consulting company. Um, very quickly I realized that this is not what I wanted to do and to keep my mind off of it, I just started making content in my spare time and then I started to really enjoy it, made some connections, people started asking if I could help make their content and then eventually I thought I can have a crack at this and went all in, quit my job, decided to work. start working part-time doing content creation and while I figured out if I want to get another job at a marketing agency, and then I grew to like having enough clients to go full time, and here I am. How long did that short? It, yeah, how long did that process take? Unrealistically short. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure I have gone. I think I quit my job in June. yeah. Yeah. Well, so, like, okay. what are we, like, just coming? We just started October. Yeah. Um, And I've, like, matched my previous oh, job. Oh, yeah, dude. yeah. So, like, that's something that I would. I had money saved up. That's one thing I should say. I went into it knowing that, okay, if I don't work for the next six months, I'm good. Mm. But um, I, f- I found that was either weirdly lucky or if that's the norm, then everyone should be doing it. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> that's, that's quick.
0: I, a very similar path in terms of uh, leaving the corporate space, going into, floating with the idea of, should I go into an agency, someone's already done it and then help them do that. But then going all in into your own thing. Where
1: did the content creation start for you?
0: Like, did you have a video camera growing up? What was that?
1: Yeah, so I was always really interested in like multimedia. Like I distinctly remember in high school, I wanted to either be a YouTuber or a filmmaker. Yep. Um, and I made like probably a lot of kids Call of Duty videos and put them on the internet <laughs> oh, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd like used editing softwares. I had a crack making special effects, using Adobe softwares and stuff like that. Like everybody I grew up. And I think that just means like, Gave up. I don't know. Um, mm, I like that. Oh, yeah. yeah do. That's deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, decided to take a more realistic path, sports science. There's like no jokes <laughs> in that for whatever reason. Um, but I liked science. And I thought I was gonna go down the route of like academia. Um, and then once I realized that, okay, I have to make a decision. I'm mean it like, like a point where I have to decide if I go all in and do the PhD, or if I do something else and I felt I wanted to do something else I just didn't know my brother had just finished his PhD it was wrapping it up and he was kind of like I don't think you based on what you want it would align very well so I like rethought it and decided to do something else um, and then when I took the IT job I was gonna go full into IT and then when I decided to make content I had like a previous skill set so like there was a lot of things I had to relearn like I didn't really understand how TikTok or Instagram algorithms work. Everyone talked about an algorithm, and I'm still convinced majority of the people that say that don't actually understand what they're talking about. Yep. Um but I felt that I had enough of a skill set that it would I'd be able to learn it relatively quickly, and I did. Um, or enough to get me started. And then I kind of just picked things up along the way and I took every opportunity with a client to almost get paid to try something new. So I would see if there's a certain skill or a certain technique that i wanted to use or a style or strategy i might run it by them if they were cool cool i get to like have a crack at this myself and almost Mm. get paid to learn something so yeah Mm. when when you said
0: for whatever reason when you grow up it's almost like we give up Mm. i don't know that that rang a bell Mm. in my head yeah what was the moment where you felt like you started to step away from your deeper passion of like creativity content creation
1: um I think I this is going to be like weirdly tangential, but I really liked movies. My uncle was a film director and a film writer, oh. and he was a what I would call like a super nerd. I feel like he's like kind of like, not necessarily who I model myself after, but I could see myself slowly, slowly becoming him. He passed away when I was like 11, but he was like this 40 year old gamer nerd, played World of Warcraft, played cricket, um, loved like films and writing, so he was like the really creative one. Um, loved cartoons, all that kind of stuff. And I think I took an interest in that and I had those areas that I really liked about film. And then as I got older, I kept watching films and typically the person who's the hero in film is either like super smart or like is like a superhero or something like that. Um, So I always saw myself as the genius from like Goodwill Hunting or like um, the imitation game, someone who's going to solve problems using science and maths or something like that. So I thought that maybe I adopted this like personality of in order to be the quote unquote hero in my life I've got to take a career that's like mm. more aligned with that so something that's more like science because I always thought of myself as a good thinker and I was like oh well I have to go do science then like surely um, and I wasn't I didn't think I was a good writer I thought I was really bad at writing and I thought I was like good at math so I was like I guess I do science um, so I wasn't I, I wouldn't say it was this monumental I give up like this was the moment it was just this I sorted to adapt these attributes, which I thought had one particular pathway to go, Um, and so I went down that path. Sometimes I liked it, sometimes I did it, but I just stuck it out, and it's taking me a long time to realize that maybe I could have done some of that other stuff. Mm. Didn't have to be perfect at the start, but Mm. you know, you just have a crack. Did you step away from film and content?
0: uh, Like, was it an absolute step away type thing, or in the background you were still?
1: Learning to edit, still watching content. I still watched. I consumed like a lot of content and I really liked it. Um, I started to, I had an, I think I had a crack probably around 20, I want to say like 2019 or 2020. I had another crack and it was more because I was in the fitness space and I was getting ready to do the like academic stuff. I was wanting to see if I could communicate like ideas that I thought were quite complex in a really digestible way using like video kind of if anyone has ever seen Jeff Nippert on YouTube he was really good at like telling a story he would like get all the research from the last 10 years on a particular topic he would tell you a story to where the current body of research is at and use like motion graphics and really like minimalistic um, storytelling techniques to like teach you something about science and I thought that was super cool so I wanted to see if I could do that didn't really know how to do that and then Fast forward to now, I was like, I think I can have a crack at it again. And while I did, and my originally my Instagram was about like trying to provide educational content. It's now shifted to how can I help other people get better at telling their story yes. or telling telling about what they have to offer. Yeah, uh, frotha-
2: I'm, I'm not sure who I'm looking at to be honest. <laughs> like, I, if there's two Antonys in the room? Or- <laughs> <we two> <laughs> oh, I think crazy.
1: that's I think that's why I
0: resonate. I think that's why. I, uh, it spurred me to reach out to you because right, I was gotcha. like, hey, who is this guy? Why is he trying to be like me?
1: Is he like, <laughs> who, who's who he's the white, he's the white. In the yeah,
0: so.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, I was your first follower. I've been watching it. <laughs> since. <days laughs>
2: um, how old are you by the way? 27. 27. It sounds like you've been through such an interesting journey, man. And like, it's just, I'm just listening to you speak and it's like, fuck it's, it's wicked to hear. It oh, really cool. is. Like it, It's so different to what I've experienced throughout my life. And, um, I'm just curious, what was it like in school for you? Like you talked about your uncle being a mm-hmm. bit of a super nerd, Do you, and you took after him. Were you a bit of a nerd in school?
1: Um, like I definitely wasn't a high achiever. I probably I was probably like on some subjects a little bit above average, and some subjects a little bit above. But I would I would uh, sort of put myself in the middle of the ground. Like I was I was no one special when it came to grades. I was like decent at maths. Um, I liked science. I liked multimedia, um, but I don't think I ever, like, excelled educationally until probably I got to, like, university. Um, that's probably when I, I really felt like I'd found something that I was good at um, because it, the sports science and fitness interested me. So instead of just trying to learn to get, like, a, a pass, I would volunteer for, like, research. And it, as soon as I got the minimum amount of knowledge to be able to participate in someone's PhD and help with, like, uh, data collection, I'd be like, I'm on it. Um so that was kind of an era where I felt like, okay, you don't have to be like the smartest kid. It's just about like, once you find something you're interested in, just go. Like yeah. have a, see, like talk to people, see if you can get on projects, like learn stuff. Because um, it was definitely people who were more academically gifted than me at university even. But I um, probably was more likely to pursue a research career because I had more connections and I had more like real research experience. So I saying with like high school, I don't think I necessarily excelled. I wouldn't call, call myself a brainiac.
2: mm just hearing you speak about how you went about things is no surprise to why your success has gone so quickly in your content and you're all about providing some form of value before you've even really like you're just like I'll do this first for free I'll learn like I'll consume things and then and then I'll get whatever I need after that hmm. so it's like that's something that I'm sort of going down the path as well like I'm learning a lot more about this whole Uh, what would I call it, like business side of things when you're trying to get people in or you're trying to get new clients. It's about how can you provide value first? How can you give someone results? Um, and that's what you've been doing. And I think a lot of people in today's world, well, they don't do that. They're, they're not willing to do something for free or to try something or yeah. learn something. They're just like, no, I want the money now, 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 now. now. Good time, yeah. And that's probably why you blew up so quickly in what, three or four months? <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess it, I wouldn't really say I've blown up. Like I have a very small following, but I have, <laughs> um, I have like what I would say, like an active following. Like I have a, a small amount of people that engage with my content and like are willing to reach out in DMs, even if they just have a question about how do I use a camera setting, more than happy to answer it. And I feel like that just, creates good rapport and it's like hopefully it benefits them and it gives me joy knowing that like i've actually like provided some information, or people think that Mm. he knows what he's talking about enough that i can go to him
2: Mm.
0: Mm. yeah just quickly
1: Mm.
0: and you may need a neck brace because i'm gonna like really fill up your head right here uh branding on point and i love when i land on your page immediately i can get exposed to some part of your story and immediately that was the kpmg transitioning to kpmg moving to melbourne realizing you were at a roadblock maybe some form of identity crisis or personal crisis and like i can't do this anymore it's so misaligned what was it like during the the time at kpmg in the corporate space and when did you reach that point of like okay this is just not it yeah
1: um, I I'm quite you know how, I don't know if you've heard of like a thing called like a recall bias where it's really easy to remember and it's like related to like pain it's really easy to remember something as the most recent being the most painful because it's um, the most recent experience yep. but I generally reckon that was like the worst like period of my life wow um, I moved to Melbourne what's I, KPMG KPMG it's like one of the big, big four, four consulting four. firms oh, okay. yeah big yeah four yeah. corporate yeah oh, okay. and like we do they do a lot of space in the data data world um, I have nothing but good things to say about the managers at KPMG. So supportive. Even when I said I don't know if this is the right spot for me, they were like, "Oh, what can we do?" They 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 weren't like, "Oh shit, like we've got a dud." They were more like, "Is there a project that would be more suited to you? Right. Is there more resources we can provide so you can feel better prepared to do the job?" They were so supportive, um, but I realized like I was in a space in tech, like financial information management, where you essentially help large like data integrations make sure that all their financial um, data from one system to a new system, or if they'd merged with a new business, let's so say they bought another company, and they need to make sure that the customers' data from the business they just bought merges with theirs. They need to make sure that's all under one system and it works and it's integrated well. And our job was to either do all of that or parts of it, and we would come in and help or consult on it. Um, that kind of stuff. Even though I can see like how important that is to making sure businesses, large corporations run. I don't know, it doesn't, like, get me out of bed in the morning. Yeah, uh, it's, mm. like, doesn't. it's not what gets me excited. I find I'm better at working with people. I always get really yes. excited about hearing about people's progress. That's why I always thought I was better at small to medium businesses, especially when you make a, a – do something, you can actually see it change. And that's not necessarily, like, a fault of large corporations. That's just the nature of it. And you have to, like, get to the point where you move up the ranks before you can start making decisions that have large impacts. And I just don't know if it was – gonna be for me to stick around for you know seven to ten years to get to the level where i can make big decisions mm. um not to say because i just want to make big decisions but it's nice to see the work you do actually be realized mm. um and in a massive organization where you're handling like hundreds of millions or billions of dollars worth of like data you just what you do day to day while important you don't see it actually manifest in anything mm. so i think it was hard to see like value in that yeah was there a lot of sorry
2: was there a lot of like takeaways that you used today in like consulting with clients for videography is there anything that you took away from working with them
1: yeah um i feel like in the short time i was there i reckon i learned a reasonable amount about business like because i think one of my strong suits while i i was by far in my team i was in a team of four the least Technology skilled when it came to like coding, so we just sat in a room and coded all day. We had to like make sure that the data going from one place was actually what it what was meant to be there, and we would like put these transformations in to make sure it happened and to check it. Um, but I, I reckon I, despite being there the least amount of time, I was the most like, and I had the highest level of like interpersonal skills. So I like I would get, I already got beers with like the, the director after like a couple of weeks. Um, i'd be able to maintain like relationships with partners at the kpmg relatively well and just like email people and ask their advice um and the only reason i got into consulting i think was because one of the partners at ey in sydney said you should do it um so i feel like i'm good at communicating so when i got the chance to practice that with some relatively high level corporates i think it just like i, knew, I started to understand what corporate politics finally was in the, my small amount of time there there was some corporate politics so like Seeing that play out firsthand, seeing what does work and what doesn't work um, was something that I not necessarily have had to use, but it's something I've got in my back pocket, like my tool belt, let's call it, yeah. So I feel like that's something that Mm. I've taken away. But the overall experience, while not for me, I think was fine. Like Mm. it just happened to be, I got put on the wrong project. I just got put on something I'm not super passionate about. It was just a mismatch of expectations. Like no one did anything malicious.
0: Yeah recency bias aside you mentioned it was like one of the worst times if not the worst Mm. time emotionally intense time why was that so painful for you and if if me and luke were at your place during that period what would we be seeing like why was that so painful for you
1: i reckon um it was really bad because one just the way I worked for a company that consulted to like contracted to KPMG, which then KPMG contracted me. out. It's like, this whole like secondment process. But um, aside from pay, pay wasn't very good and rising cost of living. That's something that always is in the back pocket. So me feeling like I had to maybe get a weekend job in order to have like enough money to do the things I wanted to, was mm-hmm. kind of scary to me. Mm-hmm. Um, already while working eight hours a day, hating the job, like cannot wait for it to hit like 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um I'd moved from my family. I didn't really know anybody. Um, so I felt like I didn't really have a strong support network. My family was like awesome. Um, I'm not a super family-oriented person, but it's probably one of the first times I felt like they were the only people I could reach out to. Um, uh, and so like having them in my back pocket was like really supportive. Um, um, but it was really just like wake up early, go to the gym, um, go to work, hate work, come home. Um, and honestly, just like zone out before I had to do it again. Um Not having, yeah, I think I mentioned not having friends, not having my family here, being at a job that I didn't see myself doing for very long and as well as like feeling financially stressed. All those things Mm. like combined was just like full on. Yeah.
2: What was the lowest, was there a moment where it felt like you were at your lowest point when you were there?
1: Um, I reckon once I decided, once I think I was like, I don't know if I can do it and I think I need to quit. I was like talking to my family and it's like really easy to catastrophize things, think like something's, everything's going to go wrong. But I'm the type of guy that especially in areas that I'm unfamiliar with, I think of the worst outcome. So I really thought that like either this was, I stick in this or I'm never going to get a job in IT. Like this is it for me. and my family was like, my dad worked in IT for like 30 years, was like, you'll be fine. Um, my mom, who worked in IT as a salesperson and then started her own business in like a cafe and now has become a math teacher, she's like, you'll be fine. My brother, who was a PhD, who then said, no, nah, I'm going to go to consulting as well. He's like, you'll be fine. Um, so having them, multiple people say, you'll be fine, you'll get through this, what do you want to do? And them saying, I think you should blah, 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 here's the steps you can take, helped me. Because um, once I actually said to my my lead on my project i don't think this is right for me and she's like we can get you off of this and don't worry we're gonna look after you like we'll make sure that we do right by you um it was just like so much de-stress so mm. like i think thinking about it the lead up is worse than the actual moment when you pull of the trigger um, mm. once it actually happens it was like all this weight off my shoulder i was so happy even though i like didn't have a job i was so happy yeah. um so yeah the the i don't know if there was I, I, like maybe the the peak of the lead up wherever that was that was definitely <laughs> the, the worst part when we are the
0: most heady when we're the most in our head
1: that's probably where yeah yeah we become
0: our own worst enemy i gather from what you've shared you're very vision or mission driven and same with me and luke and if we can't see the change or the impact that's happening in front of us and it's hard for us to really deeply connect with the work that we're doing mm-hmm. and i feel with you like, why? Well, I want to ask
1: you, like, why is that so important to you? Mm, I think because, you know, you have to spend a lot of time at work, um, arguably the majority of your life. So it's kind of nice to not only be good at something, be interested, but to see it, like, benefit somebody else. So there's nothing wrong with having a job that you're good at and just go, like, everyone works because they get paid. But sometimes, like, just doing things and they go off into the abyss and you have no idea what happens to them and then you collect your paycheck and you go home is not enough for a lot of people. And it's and n- there's no shade to anyone who just wants to work a job and then participate in things outside of work that gives them joy. But for me, I feel like I want to have as much like enjoyment as I can. So if I can spend eight hours, ten hours a day working, <coughs> might as well have things that I'm good at and I can actually see them benefit other people and I get joy out of that. Mm. Um, like if I loved finance and I worked at a small company and you know maybe doing something like payroll and I can see people getting paid and that really like bring me, bring, brought me a lot of joy. I think I'd find a lot of benefit and pleasure doing that. But, um, I already forgot the initial question. Oh, good.
0: <laughs> well, you left KPMG and then what was the turnaround? How much time did you give yourself to find your feet again and be like, okay, now I'm ready to figure out what I want
1: to do. So I went back to my, so once I left KPMG, I go back to my like initial company and they're a company. I, I won't bother naming them, but they're, um, they are the ones who actually like contract me out. And they were essentially like, cool, just take a week, no dramas, um, and then we'll have a chat about next opportunities. So like, they were like, okay, well, if you if that sort of area of data engineering is not really your thing, what do you want to do? And I was like kind of along those lines, and they're like, hmm, we do a lot of work in the IT space. That's not really what we do. Let me see what we can do. So they went to see if they found, had any clients or something in the works that would be more aligned, and they said, we might, but you have to come back to Sydney. And I just moved to Melbourne, so then when I once I said – nah not gonna work for me i just moved to melbourne i want to actually get settled here i think it was about four weeks after that so like quit kpmg month later went back to my agency that contracted me out they uh i left them and then i reckon i got part-time work literally like a couple days later Um, One of the people I was helping out with that had like said we'd be interested, I reached out to them and said, I've left my role. So if you guys are still looking for someone to handle some of your content, more than happy to talk. And they're like, cool. So I reckon within like two days I had like part-time work. And the way I thought of it at the time, which is not the best attitude, was "What, what are my bills and what's my rent? I need those covered first and then I can think about the rest. So like I just got to enough clients where they covered my, Um, Like rent and bills And then I was like Cool now let me learn Some more stuff Because I've already got Like some money in the bank account Which I don't Need to worry about And then once I'm like Okay I feel like I've got enough stuff That I can like Maybe pump out Some more content So if I can take on Some more clients I did that
0: Mm.
1: Yeah
2: Do you necessarily think Thinking like that's a bad Mm. way Because like I look at it Like Oh cover your expenses So you can like Live the lifestyle That you're enjoying You know Mm. Like because It it, it, it is It is scary To step away From Mm. financial like security I, I did it i experienced it yeah. and then i got to a point where i didn't have those finances and i'm like i feel like if you are pursuing something that you just are super passionate about it's like just cover your expenses mm-hmm. don't look to fucking make heaps of money i don't mind that mindset yeah, yeah. oh
1: 100 like if, if it's the if you don't have a job and like you said like i cannot do my current work like there's no way um and you don't have any money saved up look yeah it's definitely riskier but do it you're gonna, probably going to be happier but if like the option is, hey, I can just keep working for a little bit longer. I can have almost like six months worth of expenses saved up in advance, especially if you're learning the skills at the time, it's really good because the only difference that I would say, especially from like freelance, like videography, branding, um, like creative design, anything like that. Uh, having the, and probably actually the same with you guys, having the ability to walk away from a deal, like walk away from a potential client is like really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're so desperate that shit, I don't know if I can like, payment can i swear Is that yeah, cool? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, shit like i don't know if i can like you know pay rent um it makes it you, you mm. you're much more likely to be taken advantage of if somebody i've probably taken things which i i'm happy i got the opportunity and i've been able to develop skills but looking back it's like oh fuck i did that for so cheap like i was really stressed and like i did that for like nearly like a third of what i would charge today um, for the amount of hours I put in, it was like less than working at McDonald's. Um, so like having the ability to walk away, I think is really powerful for just negotiating deals. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Mm.
0: So now you're in, now you're doing the content creation thing. Mm-hmm. And I know there's also a part of you that I sense is like, there's some crazy about you. There's some psych, psycho element in in the best way possible. And you, have committed to creating 100 days of content. Yeah. How is that going? Because we've both been there. We know how
1: challenging that is. I, like, already set up – so I set up the video. The first video I posted of, of this, like, challenge was, like, 100 videos 100 and something videos and 100 and something days and i specifically called it that because <laughs> to not imply that i have to post every day it's yeah. if i want to like post three in one day that's fine just before the end of the year i have to post about 100 videos i can post seven in one day if i want to so if i get behind yes i can catch up yeah um yeah i thought i had to do something that scared me i i, I saw a ton of like i went from like 50 follow, uh, maybe not 50 but i went from like really low followers to almost like 500 in a and for a lot of people they're saying that it's like nothing but you know it's it's relative it's, 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 it's for everyone else um sorry it's relative to everyone else um by posting like minimum once per day sometimes twice per day and i got the most amount of inquiries of a really small following from that mm-hmm. um so i i once i had these clients i was finding it tough to post again I lost a bit of motivation because i was busy editing client work filming other client work and so i just needed something to like scare me i was like let me just think of like something i keep seeing these 30 day challenges i'm like nah fuck it. Let's do something dumb. Let's do something like, like a hundred videos. And I think I saw someone do like 200 videos in 200 days. And I was like, that's a bit ridiculous. And I just Googled how many days until the end of the year. And it was like oh, 103, yes. 104. I yeah. was like, let's go. Yeah.
2: And where are you, are you? Are you doing that challenge currently?
1: Yeah. Where are you at? Day 10 or 11. Something like nice. that. We're, yeah. on the same, um, we're on the same challenge. I like oh, you yeah. <laughs> And I said like to myself, it doesn't have to be like, cause the first video was like kind of vloggy style where I'm like talking to the camera. I'm just talking about my experiences. Like it's not meant to be like that. It's just, I have to post something. It could be something really small. And I wanted to like be able to reflect on it and like then tell other people who are thinking about creating content. Not every day it needs to be a home run. It doesn't have to be a banger that you think would go viral. Sometimes it's just putting out something to like set up the basis so that when you are ready to launch the home run and people want to come and binge your content, there's content there for them. They can something that's valuable or something they can learn. Um, so there's nothing wrong with posting on Instagram like a seven second want to learn how to do this check out the caption and then you write some some type of value in the caption um versus trying to make like this insane 60 second edit or like because i do a lot of gym content like this insane mm. workout edit because those things are just like annoying to make sometimes
2: yeah yeah i've been noticing that that's like a real big trend at the moment isn't it it's like da 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 three two one and then it's like read the caption yeah. is that like
1: it's it's good and bad so like the, my bad the part that i'm like it's bad it's like man content creation is like real cheap these days <laughs> like like people are literally just like putting some trending audio and it's like some people are going viral because they're catching a trending audio first early and they literally just say um want to blow up or go viral use this use this trending audio read the caption um and like fuck like it's just like and that video will go viral and it'll draw a lot of people to the page and you know it's it's a bit of like it's a bit of a competition but and people like what style of content they want will change. But right now that content is really useful for some people because it's a really low barrier to entry. But it also I think is annoying for some people that put mad amounts of effort into their edits or whatever because then they see these videos where it just says go to cash and like, what the fuck am I even doing? Um, but hey, you're going to play the game. Like right now, if that's an easy win you can take, Like even if you make those sick edits and you think oh, I want to try post every day, just post every other day one of those. That's a really easy way to make sure that there is constant stream of content for you.
2: I like how you said play the game. Yeah. Because, you know, the whole Reels thing, I, I've i gotten past that point because just as you said, it's like just so low buy-in. It's just so little to offer. And posting Reels consistently, I'm like, oh, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You're repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And then it's like repeat and you keep seeing it. And that's why, like, I jumped to the longer form. Um like doing uh, weekly vlogs now, which I fucking love. But, yeah, the the short form content, I'm like, I'm coming back to again because it's just like, it's so valuable. (laughs) Like it's not the actual content behind it, but it's like what it can provide in that short form.
1: hundred percent. It's like, it's even just the like, yeah, like the seven second go read the caption stuff. Some people definitely, I didn't realize people read the captions. Sometimes people come to me and say, hey, I read the caption. It was really, like, valuable. I'm like, mm. I didn't realize people read that. I was just using it for SEO. just hoping that my post would come up when someone types in a keyword. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, TikTok originally was really popular for short form. And while it's still very popular for short, to- short form, it's now gone to a bit longer form, kind of like almost YouTube. And Instagram, when it tried to catch up to TikTok, it's still on the really short form train, like, short videos are the way to go and like instagram's always been about like prettier things like photos so an aesthetic seven second video might do really well compared to a week-long say 90 second vlog where you update people on a bunch of stuff maybe you provide a bunch of insight and a bunch of value but people just want the read the caption yeah those <laughs> ones.
0: i want to ask you this i've changed my approach to content many hmm. times over and along the way it's somewhat deviated from my personal preference and how i want to create content essentially as simple as creating the things i want to create speaking on the things i want to speak on but then you also fall into the trap of the trending audios the hashtags all that stuff and i think i feel like right now i've stepped away from that double down on the authenticity the message the stories but currently what is your approach to your content and is it in line with how you prefer to make content
1: yeah so it's probably not in line with the exact style of content that I personally like making the most, but you can't make contact about what you like. It has to be a little bit of what you like, but at the end of the day, especially if you're selling a service or a product, it's about what they like and what they want. Um, So if the goal is to be able to deliver your message to the largest section of the audience that you deem as like your target audience, you need to make content that's going to get there. Yeah. So if that means that you do short videos where you just say, go to the caption, sometimes you got to do those. Yeah. If that means occasionally putting out long form content because that's what satisfies your soul, you need to do that as well yeah. because there's no way you're going to keep doing content unless it both satisfies your soul and actually gets people through the door. Yeah. Um, so I would say for myself, I during my s- short bout of being really unmotivated to make content, it was because I hated doing those like, what I thought was non-valuable, but people find them valuable. So I'm trying to include include them more. Mm. And like I said before, play the game. Not so much it's like, um, you need to, you're need. you not trying to rip people off and just say like, ha, huh, if you didn't, this is just like a lowball thing that I'm just doing because I can't be asked. It's more setting up the bases because when you're really proud of a piece of content that you edit, if you've only got one of those in your page, there's no reason for people to stick around. But if you've got shorter pieces that maybe, you know, they're not, your favorite piece of content that you've ever made, but you've got a stack of them. Um, People are more likely to binge your content and eventually become someone who engages with your community. And as much as sometimes the follower number is attractive to see go up, reality, I'd rather a couple people who want to chat to me in the DMs, who want to reply to my stories, who want to comment on my stuff, than a thousand people who just saw one video that was kind of aesthetic and that would never actually engage with it. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, it's content that does well, but having some content that actually soothes your soul is important there as well. What soothes your soul the most? Um, I like making... I like, yeah, when I talk on camera, I like the opportunity to talk. Um, I like telling people about things I've done wrong, things that I'm learning, and just generally talking about my experience. But at the same time, when you're in the early days, people don't know who you are. You haven't really done anything that's necessarily worth sharing your experience like you know alex Hormozzi, or you'll know i don't know who else is really big that's just one that comes Did you followed tom nosk no okay, i'm i'm tom like nosk. relatively i feel like i was really anti the <laughs> the content guru people yeah, but yeah, now yeah. that i'm like actually doing i'm like actually some of that stuff's pretty good <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um it's just because it was everywhere yeah and no wonder it was everywhere it was content that people liked um but Yeah, I haven't done anything of their caliber. So people would see that video of mine where I'm talking about things I've done wrong or like my day in the life and they go, why would I care about this guy? Mm. But those pieces of content are fun to make. It's fun to make yourself the character. um, Be the hero of the journey, so to speak. Um, Like as a videographer, one of the things I have to do for clients is is say if I'm working with a gym, my goal is to make the gym or the gym's ideal client seem like the hero. Mm. And if I'm working with a trainer... I need to make it either that they're the the center of the state the the Instagram or whatever, and that their client, their ideal client, is the hero of the story yes. that they're telling. So it's helping them do that. But occasionally when you get to make the videos where you're the hero of the story, yeah. they're kind of fun too. Yeah. Have you have you read Story Brand? No.
0: Okay, so what you're what you're mentioning is like a concept in that, and it's like uh, people out there, customers, audiences, they don't want us they don't need another hero, they're just looking for another guide. But, yep. but like you said, there's a there's a fine line, because as a creator, you want to be the hero of the thing that you're creating because it feels fulfills your soul, mm. but then it, from the business side of it, it's like you have to make them the hero. You're the guide. Yeah, and I think this is a tug of war between like artist versus entrepreneur, mm. and I feel like yeah, where we we've sort of out, we've had to like recalibrate and find that balance. Mm. And I feel like you've, I feel like you've. Found that balance yourself.
1: Part of the hundred day challenge was to try and find that cool. balance, like see if there's actually a way that like new creator can do it. Because if you, I don't know, if you've got a million followers, maybe it's a little bit easier to start slowly shifting your brand. But like when you're a new creator, you have no idea what works well for you. You yeah. have no idea what could work well for you. So I think for me, this hundred day challenge was let me see if I can show people that I'm a videographer and I'm help like fitness people make good content and yeah. videos as well as actually share my own story yeah. and see if there's a way to do that. Like. Elegantly, which isn't just super salesy yep. and super in your face, but that's like kind of nice and enjoyable. Because like, while the algorithm people talk bad about it, it it's good at doing one thing. It's good at categorizing videos. But when you start to put multiple categories in there, yeah. it starts to get hard. Yeah. So I want to see if there's a way you can do that, or mm. whether or not I come to the conclusion, which a lot of people have done, is just make separate accounts.
0: Mm. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but what I will say, it is ex- and it's an exciting. Space to be in Because it's like Throwing shit out the wall yeah. Seeing what sticks yeah. And I, th- I feel like that's That's where you have The most play and fun As a creator But then also as a business owner Yeah And um, I will say The things that you touched on I feel like Just following you Immediately I was exposed To your story But then also Finding the balance of like Actually promoting the thing That you actually do And we spoke about this uh, Off off the camera But How are you finding that balance with like actually sharing, oh, I'm a video for fitness influencers or brands or whatever, how are you finding that?
1: Um, right now, I don't find it too much of an issue because I'm not super concerned about like hitting X dollars yep. or like achieving X number of clients. I kind of just wanna make content that I'm proud of and make content for people that I'm, I'm like, that they are happy with their pr- product and they align with my values. Like I don't wanna work with people who probably i don't know much to offer them or i generally even if like they might be aligned with like the type of content they would make let's just say if i don't think they're a personality that will mesh well mm. with me i probably won't go for it um so at the moment i'm having a really good time just like main content that i'm proud of trying to learn to get better um and i'd rather tell a story than sell a product and i think a lot of the times if you can sell people in the experience even if it's your own experience mm. they'll try to get a little bit of it in the future yep. um eventually I'll, i might go a little bit more like selly or yep. salesy but right now especially in the early stages I think one of the things I talked about in mine especially as a fitness coach is on day one if you make an Instagram and say DM me for online coaching yeah. and start telling people that yeah. I think it's a really easy way to alienate a bunch of people yeah. um, versus just share a bunch of information demonstrate that you know, you're ac- know what you're actually doing um, as much as people in the entrepreneurial space sometimes like to shit on the 9 to 5s the one thing that's actually similar about a 9 to 5 and similar about sort of the entrepreneurial space especially if you do it what I would say as well is you have to give a lot of time and effort for free. Same in like the nine to five job. You have to like work up the ranks. You have to start with a shit pay, mm. be the entry level analyst and then eventually you get to become the director who makes the big do- yeah, big shot decisions. Good point. It's the same thing with like solopreneur or trying to sell something. You have to start off by providing a, a lot of uh, free value. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm curious as like, cause you guys are both heavy creators and I just look at this social media thing and it's like, does it ever get to a point where becomes no longer as useful as it is now because it's just like you you said it's not that oversaturated you know as a content creator as a like a good one anyway that's doing things purposely for business or whatever it might be is there ever a point where you believe that it might just be like oh fuck like people aren't watching this shit anymore
1: um i mean it's possible but like right now i'd say definitely not um like it's being a using social media is more viable than ever and it's like almost even if you're like a brand that sells like um like a brick and mortar store if you're not using social media it's just like a huge market that you're just not capturing Mm. um is there a possibility that these platforms die off yeah sure i just don't see that being Mm. something plausible in the next like legitimately like technological age I, i don't think we're ever going it's really easy to um i think it's easy to not bring things out but it's never easy to like put things back in the the cage once they've been brought out and Mm -hmm. social media and having access to like anything at a click of a button or Mm -hmm. touch of the finger is i don't think it's ever going away
2: do you think there'll be a shift so for instance like the talking heads have been around for a while now and then like we're talking about the really short form on instagram and stuff like that Mm -hmm. do you think there is a shift in coming at all um
1: i don't know if it's like this massive like monumental like this is the point december 7th is when (laughs) it shifted but it's like slow transitions to certain styles of content definitely um I wouldn't be surprised if we go back to really minimalistic types of just like talking, um, like old school vlogs. Like I feel like in the early 2010s, really boring 25 minute poorly edited vlogs where someone just has a camera like that the whole day walking around doing their daily errands blew up. And that kind of content wasn't sexy because it wasn't shot on a $9,000 Sony camera <laughs> and didn't have these insane, like you didn't have a three-man editing team doing the post-production <laughs> on it. But now there's a guy in the fitness space called Sam Sulik. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his surname right. Have you guys heard of this bloke? He got from like, I don't even know what the time span of his follower count was, but he, I think he's like over a one and a half million followers on YouTube. I could be wrong on that, but he's definitely over a million um, the dude posts like 45 minute to an hour wow. crappy edited stuff on his iPhone. He has a good mic. He's like one of those Rode or the DJI mics, but just long form he's jacked and he's just being himself. And he's a pretty like normal dude, just wants to go to the gym. Um, he has an interesting approach to like his training and nutrition um, that people think I think find entertaining, but there's no heavy editing. He's not this overly overly eccentric personality he's a he's a pretty like interesting guy like he's got funny mannerisms but it's like this really boring style of editing and he's blown up i would not be surprised if in some areas that starts to become a bit more Mm -hmm. popular again because like that is became really boring um, as people get really sick of the over-edited things Mm -hmm. Um, i personally got sick of the really over-the-top edited stuff with like when somebody's talking about a short-form 15-second video and they say something like, oh, you know, in order to make money and then someone puts all these like graphics and where money's <laughs> flying up everywhere. They're entertaining, but there's only so much of them you can watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think we might go to more minimalistic styles of editing as well as I wouldn't be surprised if editing without people's face on there entirely becomes really popular. Um, there's people that run faceless channels yeah, and faceless Instagrams up. and they make like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised if as we get better with automation and sort of mm. integrating these apps, you can literally just set up, maybe spend like a couple of days setting up an automation process and it's just generating new videos based on things that's <laughs> doing well on the internet. Mm. And then you don't have to do anything. It uploads it for you, writes a caption for you, yeah. collects the, the ad revenue for you. It looks at the performance and then decides what does best and then changes accordingly.
0: My answer to that question is every trend, every... And this could be a, just a human nature thing. Like it's all... St- it's all cyclical. Like Mm -hmm. it just follows that circular thing. And the more time we spend away from a certain trend in the past, the cooler it gets, (laughs) you know? And then therefore that's why it becomes popular. again. And I feel like that's like, there is going to be an end to real soon. Like the short form, like Mm -hmm. we will. And I, I generally believe this. And I was saying this to another content creator friend who was doing like I think 30, 60 days of content in a row. Nice. And he was, and we were talking about this and we were saying that um, we just like feel this thing in the air where it's like people are gravitating towards that longer form vlog style. Cause again, it's the real, raw, authentic style nature. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be a fly on the wall cause we're all just curious human beings. Like we're monkeys at the end of the day. So I personally feel like we're gonna go back there.
1: I would not be surprised. I like, I guess for, it, and it might be separated by like, different account types so for example if you're like a professional selling a service it might maybe that works for you maybe it doesn't um for if you're just trying to like share your experience in your life that style i could definitely see coming back i would find that hard if you're trying to promote a particular service like again maybe it's the separation of two different sort of yeah. like styles of accounts like one is about you as a person and that you do long form vlog style and one is about like your brand or your business and that one more shorter form like even ads tv ads they've always been a particular time length has been advantageous. Like if you run an ad that's 90 seconds long, I don't think they do very well. But like, I don't know what the sweet spot is, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's around 25 to 45 seconds for television commercials. And there's probably a reason behind that. And it's probably translated to short form video. So even though if we move away from seven second videos being the dominant thing on Instagram, I wouldn't be surprised if for advertising a brand or a service or a product, that that sort of time frame is still the most effective for paid mm. ads yeah. yeah but for organic content maybe not yeah mm. longer form might be the the way to go well
2: i'll throw it out to you so you talked about like what might be right for for vlogs and what might not be so if i've started doing vlogs i've done 12 now so i've got a guy behind um ken he's doing those you doing them on youtube or youtube, uh, yep. YouTube yeah so they they vary from like 8 to 15 minutes currently yeah. um it's about <laughs> my brand the conscious Trader. so it's like it's my life it's also what i do in my day-to-day but it's also about being being on site mm-hmm. and then there is a part of it where it's like you relate it back to my coaching where it's never like direct selling what are your thoughts on something like that
1: super good yeah i think like um inbound marketing where it's like not necessarily oh, it's a bit different i guess inbound marketing is like you're advertising you actually do a product or service but um yeah i think that stuff works really really well um I think if anything, that's where the majority of the quote unquote really successful, you the group did the YouTube in like the early two thousand tens. They're the guys that did the long form content, and they had like links down below. And it turns out they actually ran a clothing store. They had an online coaching service. Like that's how fitness creators became to be. You did vlogging. You Mm -hmm. didn't do it off making short form videos. It was all off long form videos. Um, And if anything, YouTube by far, just with ad revenue, is probably the. The if you're not selling a product, if you just want to make money off like ad revenue, YouTube and long form content is the way to go. Mm. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't know that. Maybe YouTube Shorts does really well, but YouTube I think has the best return for ad revenue spend. But um, yeah, long form content for and then having a service attached to that that's been it's super reasonable. Like I don't mm. think there's anything wrong with that.
0: Here's how I'd, I'd back that up as well. All the billion dollar creator brands that you see right now, they're all YouTubers. KSI, Logan Paul, Mr Beast. And I was walking in Woolworths the other day and I see the Feastable Chocolates. So Mr. Beast, like big, number one YouTuber. And um, yeah, he started a chocolate chocolate brand and now it's like popping up on shelves. Yeah, okay, and so like, all the
1: drinks are popping up. It's yep. um, actually not that bad. Everyone talks smack about the drinks. I don't think they're that bad. I feel like you need to dilute it. Definitely. <laughs> I, I don't think they're like good. Like I wouldn't pay like, I think it's like, like it's 550 for like their new energy drink that's tiny. Yeah. I wouldn't pay 550, but like, I don't think it tastes bad. No, it doesn't yeah, taste yeah. bad at all. No, yeah. I
0: haven't tried them. Yeah. But I guess my point is like YouTube and the long form thing, they're, they're paying dividends now yeah. and they've built those brands over 10 years. Yeah. And mm. now they're like, well, they own all the traffic and that's a benefit. And Logan Paul spoke about it. Running the Super Bowl ad actually didn't cost them that much. Well, they had to pay for the placement, but in terms of the reach and the advertising and all of that, they didn't have to pay for that because they have hundreds of millions of followers across so many channels. Mm. Like they own advertising for their brand yeah and this is that's such a huge competitive advantage mm. now
1: yeah i think that like yeah what you're doing as well it's like the beginning of a very smart process um mm-hmm. which is not just putting out youtube and just hoping it does well for the sake of it and here's my discount code and hopefully i get some commissions of the discount code it's you're building a personal brand and i think when you build a personal brand it's really easy to launch well not really easy but it's a lot easier to pivot into other areas and launch things mr beast is a prime example who would have thought a guy that makes these eccentric over-the-top youtube videos now has burgers chocolate bars like is in the food and beverage industry um ksi and logan paul making an energy drink um, I think even with the side men, they do a lot of clothing. I'm, not sure, I'm sure that does very well. But um, having the ability to pivot is, I think, crucial. And that all comes mm. from developing a personal brand. And yep. long-form content is a really good way to develop a personal mm. brand. In fact, I, when I started my Instagram, as much as it's about fitness and videography, it was exclusively about the ability to eventually play video games and stream <laughs> it. Um, I didn't care if I made a dollar. I don't care, like, what. I just wanted to... I wanted to create a brand that it was reasonable for me to say, Hey, I now do streaming. Even if it was on a different Instagram, it was reasonable to then go, Hey, I do streaming um, and get paid, you know, play videos a couple nights a week, stream it, learn to have some fun again. Yeah.
2: What would you tell someone? No. So, for instance, like I'm going down this path and I look at it in a similar way where it's like, Okay, I'm not looking to make money back right now. This is a long game. How do you convince someone? To be like, hey, well, like you should jump into this, mm. like it's a really great idea. But you're not going to see returns for three. You could it could be three, four years. Yeah. It could be six months. It could be like someone that's like feeling about it. They're like, yeah, I might do it. Like, what would you say to them?
1: I don't think you can do anything. I think it's really got to be this. Like, I it's a, I don't know if you could convince someone to do that. Like mm. to to say, hey, be prepared to put in you know, almost some days like equal amounts of work as you probably would your your actual job um, for no money and no guarantee that, that something's actually going to come of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you do, it could be sick. Um, I think it just takes like kind of a weird, and I'm not trying to say like we're weird or we're awesome because we do it, but um, it's just something that's going to click in your head uh, and there is nothing wrong with wanting to build a career in something that's a bit more guaranteed. Like if you get a job as a software engineer, engineer and you think, you know, in a few years, I can be making 150K. Eventually, I can get to like, I don't know what the structure of the software companies work, but like the head or the head of product or whatever, and you're making over 200 grand, make some investments, whatever it may be. If that's the path that you want to go down, sick. But I don't think you can convince someone to say, hey, I really think you should start a YouTube channel and spend a bunch of money and maybe a lot of time trying to learn editing or hire an editor and do all this stuff. And eventually launch things off the back of it like someone's already the people who are doing it probably have long term visions like I roughly know where I want to go yeah Yeah, the the goal might stay the same but you know I might have to take a different path every now and then I might have to take a a detour but I roughly know where it's going to go
2: It's refreshing to hear. It's nice to hear.
0: (laughs) On this topic as well, I feel like where we've all started, we've started from a very deep place of pain and then being like, I can't do this anymore. I just need it to change. Mm. And then we've gone through that transformation process to the point where it's like, okay, what's the longer term vision that's going to pull us forward versus staying in that uh, place of pain that's going to motivate us? I think Mm. that's a, it's just the the forces of life, the tension of life. And I think me and Luke, we're in the place where it's like, we have such grand visions that's compelling us to go through all the shit in this moment mm. because it's so inspiring for us so my question for you is like now moving forward what is that
1: inspiring vision for you oh it's so like w- what's like the future looking like for me or yeah. what, what i want to go to yeah. um i there was four things when i and i wrote down in a piece of paper i said when, when i was at kpmg and i was hating it and i think content creation is something i want to pursue there was four things one um like the fitness instagram and it was specifically either going to be Explore online coaching or go down the creative videography space, and so I realized that I think I want to go down the creative videography space. It was broader marketing as a whole, so I'd potentially look into being a digital solutions provider. So not just videography. Mm. Um, so right now I just mainly do videography and social media management, but eventually going to full on paid ads and advertising. Explore that. Uh, video games—that's uh, that's absolutely going to be coming. Um, eventually a gym. I don't want to be the owner of a gym. I just want to be, even if I just own like 4% of a gym, 8% of a gym, whatever. I just want to have a part ownership in a gym so I can go and train. And then the final one is clothing. I like clothes. I don't think I am have an incredible fashion sense, but a lot of the times the clothes I think is really cool. I want to see more of it and it'd be really cool to be involved in some aspect of like, hey, I think we should try these products or whatever it may be. So it's always been about... Um, Stuff that I'm interested in, so be able to create cool videos, uh, video games. Because I want to be paid to play video games. I want to get paid to put clothes on my back, and I want to get paid to train. So, like those, are, like kind of the, the things.
0: Dude, I love that. That's paradise in a nutshell. Yeah, that's yeah, it sounds. Like. Yeah,
2: that's yeah, like that, that's cool, man. So, what is the goal for the personal brand then? What do you see moving forward with that?
1: Like
0: it's around those
2: personal basics. brand is
1: literally get it to a stage where I can launch those other yeah. things off one hundred percent. So like I I wouldn't be surprised if building a personal brand to where I could even start any of those other ones took like half a decade, mm. uh, and I'm okay with that. Maybe I'll probably start the video game one before then, mm. but I, I would not be surprised if it's like the gym and the clothing stuff isn't like five ten years down the road, and I I'm okay with that. Love
2: I just uh, love when people know that things take time. <laughs> I just really respect it Because we live in a world Where it's just instant gratification yeah. We want everything Now, 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 now now. But motherfucker
1: things take time It was just really refreshing yeah. here. I think like yeah Social media has probably done a bad job Of making people think like like There definitely are get rich quick schemes But some of the ones that Are actually quite viable Sometimes people get really fast results But they're the exception They're not the mm. rule Most people should be prepared for the long haul Just mm. like any career yeah. Yep. yeah Fuck Dude I believe you it's going to, it's going to happen. <laughs> Let's go. uh, I, I've, I've adopted the mindset. I think like somebody, i am um, had a, a coffee with, he actually runs a whole like, I don't even, it's so like extreme, the coffee business. They do a lot of events. They do a lot of corporate functions. It's called Coffee on Q. And his name is Ryan, really good bloke. Um, essentially he, I had a meeting with him and he helped me like let a bit of a game plan. And he's one of the biggest things he was saying is just like, it's a mindset shift. Um, mm-hmm. And I a hundred percent agree that it's like, if you've actually got, like, the bit of a passion and drive, um, the only thing you can do is not give up. If you don't give up, I almost guarantee you'll have some form yep. of success that you'll be happy with. Um, you might want more, that's fine, but you will probably be successful in some way or shape. Um, if you give up, that is the guarantee for it to never succeed, but the only, if you don't give up, there's a chance it might, might work. Yeah.
2: Well, that's uh, the passion. In, we've got the passion and drive behind
1: it, but what's the why? Um... I don't know. I, I feel like I don't really have a deep question on the, a deep answer on the why. I feel like the why is generally like, um, is it going to become like very philosophical, like almost like Sisyphusian? Is that what you pronounce it? Sisyphusian? I don't have no clue, but I believe you the dude do, do. <laughs> who um, uh, rolls the stone um, up the up the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he rolls the stone up the mountain every day. It rolls back down, and he just rolls it up every day. You know, you just choose. You you've got to live on this earth. Um, sort of. You've got to choose why you exist, and might as well have some fun doing it. So if there's if the reason why you exist is to create cool products, awesome. If the reason why you exist is to teach people storytelling skills to help them succeed in their workplace, awesome. If it's to build housing for people so they can afford to or where they can live, awesome. Mm. But like you just choose your why. I don't think there has to be like this universal why. I don't really. I feel like my why is pretty simple. I just don't want to hate my life. Dude, I love that. I love that. It's really refreshing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I like the the fun part of it. Like you know, even when you were just talking about, okay, so Logan Paul and all of that, and they've built brands around it. I was just thinking like, fuck. What, imagine getting to a point where you've got like one mil subs, and then you just start having real fun with the videos. Yeah. Like you
1: can start making it like a full time thing, and you are just like let's get real and fucking silly now. You make almost every video its own. TV show. Like, do you know how much I heard... Do you know how much, like, Mr. B spends per YouTube video?
0: Millions and I, millions.
1: I'm, I think he says, like, on average, minimum a million dollars. Yeah. Like, imagine just sp- spending a million dollars a video. Um, That's crazy. And at the end of the day, like, yes, it generates him money. He probably couldn't do it if it didn't g- generate money. But at the same time, there's probably other things he could do that generates money. he <laughs> wants to make people laugh and yeah. have a good time at the same same go. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: Dude, I love this. Uh, before we wrap up, I do want to ask you, how can... and and this doesn't have to be specific, but how could we help you? You guys.
1: um, I don't know. You got a million bucks on you? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess the best thing, like generally is just stay in contact. I really feel like if you don't burn bridges with people, the best thing you can do is be able to reach out to someone and either ask for advice or be able to lend to hand um, when needed. Yeah, I I found that, the only feel like the only reason i have been able to do a few things that I've done is because I had people in my corner that I could reach out and ask yeah. for advice. So I feel like it's the best thing you can do for somebody. Yeah. And if anyone ever feels like they can lend, want to lend want to reach out to me, I would hope that I can provide them some insight or something. So I feel like that's all I can ask from you guys yeah. is to stay connected. Yep. hundred cool. percent.
0: Next call to adventure for you, big or
1: small, what would that be for you? I think it like it is big, but I've got to take small steps. Uh-huh. Um, The thing that I want to do is just keep developing my own socials, um, but with the goal of eventually being able to provide some type of mentorship, especially specifically to fitness people, because I feel like that's the area I've got the most experience in, I feel like I can make the most difference in. Uh, So fitness creators who are maybe coaches, and they want to be able to launch their own social medias or grow their own social medias, but they don't know how to do that, instead of just paying someone to do it for you, uh, a mentorship program, we can actually teach you how to do it. Um, So that way you don't actually have to rely on Somebody, we have to fork out a bunch of cash to do it for somebody else. You can pay a small fee and hopefully we'll teach you. And then maybe eventually we get to the point where we can launch some type of how to become a freelancer, Mm. like how to go from full time to freelance and in a bunch of different industries. And so it's an affordable way to get started. It won't be the end of your education, but an affordable way for people that want to do work for themselves. What is like the minimum amount of knowledge to get started? We have something for that. Mm. This has been super dope, man. If Mm. this
0: has, is this, if this is what the four months have been for you. I'm really stoked to see mm. what the next four months, let alone yeah. four years, four decades, for all of us, but especially for you. And yeah, it's been a pleasure, it's been an honor, and thanks for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate, guys.
1: This has been awesome, so much yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah,
2: when we're seventy, we can reflect on this time and
0: be like, we made it.
1: Yeah, 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 hundred percent. That's <laughs> it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, thanks, Andy. Appreciate it, man.
1: Thank you, boys. Appreciate it. Cheers.